0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Chapter 10 continued. Section 10. If I ever become a saint... I will surely be one of darkness. After guiding her for almost a year, it was Father Nooner's turn to fall short of words in the face of her spiritual ordeal. This did not sadden her. They both had the same attitude in the face of God's mysterious working in her soul. This will bring you the best wishes of everyone at 54A, for a very happy and holy feast. Our prayers, sacrifices, and work will be for you all that day. I did expect you not to console me, but to help me. And I am very glad to know that you really have nothing to say. The day I wrote, I felt as if I could not suffer it any more. But St. Paul has given me the answer in his epistle for Sexegesima Sunday, and your letter also, so I am happy to suffer it still more, and also with a big smile. If I ever become a saint, I will surely be one of darkness. I will continually be absent from heaven, to light the light of those in darkness on earth. Keep in your prayers Kanpur, Emravati, Ragar, Balgamur. These may be our future mission houses. Pray much for me. Pray often that I may do the things that are pleasing to him who has called me. On a particularly hard day, Mother Teresa had found light in the readings from 2 Corinthians 11:19 19 to 23 and 12 1 to 9. She would have liked her darkness, the thorn in her life, to be removed. But like St. Paul, she grasped that in accepting it, she could accept it and rely on the Lord's assurance that my grace is sufficient for you. Just when she felt she had reached the limit of her strength, she formulated what may be called her mission statement. If I ever become a saint, I will surely be one of darkness. I will continually be absent from heaven to light the light of those in darkness on earth. Not longing for its joys, She envisioned heaven as a new opportunity to love, to reach every dark hole and to light in each the light of God's love. Her zeal had not lessened, strengthened in the furnace of suffering. She was ready to continue her mission until the end of time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God are guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is Sexagesima Sunday? Well, this is related to the word for 60. Just like Latin for Lent is Quadragesima, 40 days. So leading up to Lent, the Sundays in the Roman Missal used to be called. 50th Sunday, 60th Sunday, 70th Sunday. That is, if you count the days from the beginning of Lent, first Sunday of Lent, to Easter, it's six weeks, 42 days. If you add seven more, you get 49 days. If you add seven more, you get 56 days. So from Sexagesima Sunday, it's almost 60 days to Easter. So the Sunday was called that. And the the station church for that day, the church where the Pope would go, the official pilgrimage place, was St. Paul's outside the walls, where St. Paul is buried. And the epistle, the first reading for that day, is related to St. Paul's shipwrecks, all the things he went through, all the difficulties, his asking God to remove the thorn in his flesh, and three times asking for it, and three times God saying to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And it's that epistle that helped Mother Teresa so much. It's the mass of that day, that pre-Lent season, Septuagesima, Sexagesima, Quinquagesima. The whole season is called Septuagesima. It's a sort of preparation for Lent. It begins to take one through the creation story, the early books of Genesis, in the office of readings, Matins readings for that season. The vestments are purple, but, and there's no Gloria, there's no Alleluia, but it's not fasting. It's sort of a warning to the church. Hey, you got to get ready. Lent is coming. The vestments become purple. The liturgy changes a bit. It begins to have some of the austerity of Lent without the fasting. It's a very wise thing, in a way, for the church to have had that. And it's in that season that Mother Teresa got this special grace. And one of the things this is teaching us is that Mother Teresa wants us to have a liturgical spirituality. That is, she wants us to enter deeply into the liturgical year. The liturgy is the official worship of the church, the public worship of the church. The liturgy is the work of Christ the head and his mystical body offering up worship to the Father in the Spirit. And the liturgical year is the reliving of the life of Christ from his conception, from his birth, Advent, and Christmas, reliving the whole Old Testament preparation in Advent, his birth, his childhood, the Epiphany, his baptism, the wedding feast at Cana, his public ministry, his days in the desert, his sufferings, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his sending the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, his sitting at the right hand of the Father in glory. This liturgical year, every year we repeat the life of Christ and we receive special graces. And Mother Teresa lived that life. She knew the traditional Roman calendar for many years. She knew the new calendar. But her sisters always lived deeply that liturgical year. And they draw graces from it. Every liturgical season has its own particular graces. Every liturgical season puts us in contact with the mystery of Christ, the aspect of Christ's life that's being celebrated. In other words, there's no contradiction between loving the poor and loving the liturgy. There's no contradiction between. Adoration of the Holy Eucharist and serving the poorest of the poor. In fact, for Mother, they're deeply connected. The only reason she could find the strength to open up these new mission houses, the only reason she found the grace to persevere, was because of her connection to Christ in the Eucharist. And Mother Teresa was, in a particular way, sharing in the darkness of Christ, the thirst of Christ on the cross. There was one particular aspect of his life that she was especially entering into. Now, in the liturgical year, we are entering into the whole mystery of Christ. Each feast, we share, we learn more deeply about that aspect of his life. In other words mother teresa wants us to immerse ourselves in christ to join ourselves to christ she's telling us if you want to understand your life look to the saints but above all look to christ and his mysteries he not only reveals god to us jesus reveals man to himself. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.